You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask Concussion Doc, episode 84. I am your host, Dr. Cameron Marshall. I hope that everyone is staying healthy and safe during these unprecedented and uncertain times. Uh, Furthermore, I hope everyone is practicing your social distancing and avoiding interactions as much as possible. The stricter we are all now, the sooner we can get back to normal life. So I'm imploring everyone to just do their part and stay home for the next couple weeks if you are able to. Now in saying that, I know that a number of clinics have shut down temporarily to help slow the spread of COVID-19. I know that a number of our clinics within the CCMI network have shut down their operations temporarily. Some are able to offer virtual care and others um, have not got that up and running yet. Um, Unfortunately, the consequence of this is that many of our patients are unable to continue with their rehabilitation um by way of clinical visits uh hopefully you are able to get some virtual care from your clinic but i wanted to take this opportunity and today's episode to try and give uh, our patients some uh, self-help type strategies that they can utilize um, to help combat the symptoms of their concussion when they're unable to get access to uh, a clinic Um, now I will obviously use the caveat of this is that you should always use um, you know, this, these types of strategies under the direct supervision of a healthcare professional. These are very um, light stuff, but these are tips and tricks that you can do quite safely. Um, today I'm also announcing that we are in the process of creating a patient uh, educational course around concussion to help give patients strategies that they can use Um, If they don't have access to a certified concussion clinic in their area, they don't have access to a healthcare professional that can help them, or during this temporary shutdown due to the coronavirus um, to help give people um, access to tips uh, and strategies that they can use on their own while um, in self-isolation so that they can Uh, help themselves to recover from their concussion symptoms. This is going to be a brief snapshot of what that course is going to entail. That course is probably going to be about six to eight uh, lessons long where we're going to talk about the evidence on certain dietary recommendations, uh, how to exercise properly, uh, what types of rehab and how you can kind of assess yourself to find out where your symptoms might be coming from and then to give you some exercises and strategies that you can use um, to kind of counteract that. Now the hope of this is that just by giving these strategies to people uh, in a more effective way and a more robust educational platform to help give you the foundational elements, we feel that probably 80 to 90% of concussion patients could probably have a resolution of their symptoms or at least a significant Um, reduction in their symptom burden which would probably allow them to move on uh, back into society and back into at least a work environment things like that Um, so I think that this is going to be really really helpful if you are interested in being in the first wave of patients to be enrolled in this course please send an email to info at completeconcussions.com that's info at completeconcussions.com 
and use the subject line patient course and what we'll do is we'll save all those emails we'll write them all down so that when the course launches and hopefully it won't be within it'll be within a couple a couple weeks uh, we'll notify you guys uh, as the first wave to have first access to that course so email info at complete concussions and use the the subject line patient course so that we can track and and get everybody kind of corralled into into that course um, we're going to probably offer it as a membership program so that you can have continuous access to all that material as well as uh, have a forum to be able to ask questions and things like that of the the experts that will be teaching some of the modules in that course. So I think it's going to be a really comprehensive way of, of doing things and providing you with some, some strategies that you can use to kind of heal your brain and heal your concussion symptoms. Anyways, in the meantime, uh, before that launches today's episode, we are going to be talking about self-help strategies that you can utilize to help your concussion symptoms while you uh, are not able to access a clinic. The first one is exercise. This is probably the most important treatment strategy around concussion. This one has been uh, extensively studied in patients with persistent concussion symptoms um, we've historically told patients with persistent concussion symptoms to rest and do nothing and just let time pass. And we've known now, the first evidence started emerging this on this probably about 10 years ago, that um, exercise was actually a beneficial strategy to patients with persistent symptoms. And so as this evolves, more and more research continues to come out um, and support the idea that sub-symptom threshold exercise is one of the most beneficial strategies to managing concussion symptoms. Now, if you can't get access to your clinic but you've already had your treadmill test and they've established what your threshold is, you can exercise at the pre-established threshold and just gradually increase uh, the intensity at which you do this. If you have not been fortunate enough to get into a clinic prior to um, this this uh, pandemic taking place you can start with just light walking so every day you should try to go on at least two walks every day that are about 20 to 30 minutes in length I've been doing it um, it's not only good for your mental health but it gets the blood flow going uh, it gets some fresh air into your system and um, it'll help to um, keep your immune system strong as well. Exercise has so many benefits to it and concussion symptom recovery is one of them. If you were to do nothing else, the evidence, the early evidence on this shows that um, there was about a 70% recovery rate in patients that just did exercise. And these are patients that had chronic, chronic symptoms. So I think that if you were to do anything at all during this time, try to get some light to moderate exercise going and then just gradually progress each week to a higher intensity. So start with a light walk and then transition into a brisk walk and if you can, uh, maybe even get into um, a jog. Now sometimes you may feel dizzy when you're walking, okay? You might, just because of the bouncing of your visual system, you may have some sort of vestibular dysfunction and when you're bouncing up and down as you're walking, you may feel a little bit dizzy. Now the thing is, the treatment for these types of dizziness is actually a thing called habituation and adaptation. And so you, the goal of rehab in a lot of these situations is to actually put yourself in the situation that makes you feel dizzy and a little bit off balance and have you do it 
so that your body and your central nervous system gets used to that type of motion. So if you go out and you go for a walk and you feel a little bit off because of the bouncing in your eyes and your visual system feels off, that's okay, right? You can take a break if you need to. You are not making yourself worse. In fact, you're actually helping yourself. So you may have a temporary increase in your symptoms, but don't be alarmed by that. You're not in the, in the long run making yourself worse. Like I said, the more you do that, you're gonna get less and less and less dizzy to the point where that'll actually uh, be a non-existent factor when you exercise. So don't get too thrown off by that. Uh, number two is diet. And this is just comes down to healthy eating. Um, this means trying to avoid foods that are more, you know, what we call pro-inflammatory type foods. These are just foods that tend to activate a little bit more of our body's inflammatory system. Um, there's not such a thing necessarily as like an anti-inflammatory food, but there's foods that don't activate these inflammatory systems as much. And that would be, um, you know, avoiding things like refined sugars, uh, you know, your pop and chips and that type of stuff, any processed meats, etc. That type of stuff tends to be more on the pro-inflammatory side of things. You want to just try and eat as natural as possible, right? So you want to try and eat, if your meat comes in a plastic bag or it's this condensed pr processed meat, that's probably not going to be good because it's filled with all sorts of other uh, products that your body will potentially see as foreign and not be able to metabolize as well. So you want to focus on things that are fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, healthy, good quality meats, you know, fish, um, uh, red meats, if it's like grass fed and antibiotic and hormone free, if you have access to that, that is always going to be better than, you know, uh, meat that's had hormones or, or been processed. So can I cheat on the diet? Uh, the answer to that is no. Some people will be like, well, I just, you know, I, I've tried to cut it out. I've cut it out for the most part. It doesn't work that way. Uh, what Dr. Herkel always says is that if you do 90% of this diet, you're going to get 10% of the benefit. So you might think that you're being really good, but you're still putting, you know, sugar in your coffee every morning and say, well, that's just a little bit. But that kind of starts you all over again. So you have to be kind of 100% committed. Now this isn't something you have to do for the rest of your life. And I'm not telling people that you have to do this and you know, because oftentimes people will say, well, what am I gonna eat then? You know, I've gotten rid of everything that you know, I'm allowed to eat. And there's a lot you can eat and I'm not telling you to do this forever, but you should do it for a couple weeks just to see how it makes you feel. I've often had patients that have come in with years and years of symptoms and we'll give them our diet recommendations based on, on the very first visit. Um, and oftentimes, just that and that alone will reduce their symptoms by you know as much as 50%. And that's a great step forward when you have so many symptoms to all of a sudden start feeling less anxious, start sleeping better, have more energy, right? So this is all just healthy eating. It's basically how we should all be eating anyways, um, but you gotta be 100% committed to it. If you do this diet 100%, you will get 100% of the benefit. Now, in some people it may not be a factor, Right? You may follow this diet and it doesn't really help you, but that's concussion. One of the things that causes long-term concussion symptoms has been suggested to be inflammation. So if we do things that promote inflammation, that can exacerbate symptoms. If we do things to reduce our inflammation, potentially we could help those symptoms. Now this is all mostly theoretical. There's not a ton of evidence on some of these dietary recommendations, but it's just something you can do. It's healthy to do anyway. It's not going to hurt and it may help. So 
it's worth doing. Number three, controlling your mental health. This one is huge, especially right now. I know that everyone, myself included, uh, is feeling a little bit anxious right now about this entire situation. Um, I have been personally suffering from waves of anxiety uh, for about six weeks now, just seeing this virus come across, seeing it in China first, seeing it spread to South Korea, seeing it start up in Italy, and I just had this sense that it was coming to us next, and here we are. So I've been very, very anxious about this whole thing, um, and I know that a number of you are probably in that same boat. So if you are feeling a little bit anxious, a little bit depressed or down at this time, trust me, you are definitely not alone because um, I am right there with you. Um, but anxiety and depression are both extremely common following concussion injury, and they're also very large barriers to concussion recovery, which means that if you have ongoing anxiety and depression, which may be pre-existing, right? You may have had it before the injury, and now it's just exacerbated because of the injury, or you may have it because of the injury, right? You didn't have it before, but now you're anxious and depressed because of the injury or because of the recovery, right? Once recovery starts stretching on for months and months, this stuff starts to increase because you start to think, am I ever going to get over this? You know, and am I going to feel like this forever? And is there any solution to this issue? And that right there, that type of um, anxiety and depression that happens with concussion, not only does that those the symptoms of that can mimic concussion so oftentimes the symptoms of anxiety and the symptoms of depression very much look like concussion right so you might just be dealing with anxiety and depression which you're attributing to concussion but actually there's nothing wrong with your brain there's nothing wrong with your vestibular system but it's the anxiety and the depression that goes with it that starts to look like it that can happen but also anxiety and depression becomes a barrier to getting better because what do you have to do when you have a concussion is you have to push yourself. You have to move beyond your comfort zone. You have to do things that make you uncomfortable. Well, if you're anxious about that and worried that you're doing some sort of damage, you're going to avoid that type of activity. And if you avoid that type of activity, things get worse over time. So anxiety and depression is a huge barrier to concussion recovery, but the symptoms also mimic concussion. So it becomes this very uh, difficult thing to manage. But if you don't find a way to control your mental health, you're gonna have a very difficult time with your recovery. So, and it may not actually be, you know, the concussion. This may just simply be an anxiety disorder or depression. For example, I am still not 100% convinced that I don't have COVID-19. I haven't seen a patient since last Tuesday. I'm on day eight, but then I read a story that says incubation period can be as long as 14 days. And I started thinking, I started going through the patients that I saw last Tuesday and thinking, oh my God, which one of these people has given me this? Now, the likelihood of this, there's what, 600 cases now in Canada. What are the chances that one of those 600 cases was somebody that I saw last Tuesday when we only had, you know, a few hundred cases um, is extremely low. But anytime I get a sniffle or I cough or I feel a little bit phlegmy or anything like that, I start immediately to have this wave of anxiety and start to feel maybe hot and go, oh my God, do I have a fever? And it's, your mind can trick you into so many different things, right? Because then you start to realize, well, like the likelihood of that would be so low and you have to kind of convince yourself out of it. But if you are walking around 
convincing yourself that there's something seriously wrong with your brain and that's all you keep thinking about is anytime you know uh, you look at a light or you look at a computer screen or you see a TV screen you think oh my god that just made me worse or that's going to impact my brain you're not going to be able to live your life normally and you're not going to be able to do the steps necessary in order to recover so things you can do for yourself for your mental health is you can do talk therapy even in this period of reduced um, you know, socialization and you know, reduced access to clinical care, a lot of therapists are offering virtual care. I've actually just called my doctor and I've got set up with a social worker to do virtual type visits. So a lot of social workers are doing this. There is support out there for people that um, may need it. Um, so don't discount that. I think the power of that can be uh, tremendous. Um, but also things like mindfulness-based meditation. There are several apps out there. I use an app called Waking Up. Um, I think it's Sam Harris is his name. Um, but it's, it's really great. It goes through a day-by-day. Day. It kind of builds on stuff. Um, and I find it very helpful when I'm feeling um, this way. So just being able to kind of do those body scans and deal with the mental health aspect will help you to potentially realize that some of the symptoms that you are experiencing may be psychosomatic. Just like my breathing difficulties, right? When I start thinking I have COVID and I start be having tightness in my chest and coughing a little bit, um, you know, that's completely conjured by my mind, but it's so real to me at the time, right? And that's what we need to kind of get our heads around when it comes to concussion is just acknowledge that it could be the case, right? All right. Number four, vestibular and visual rehabilitation. Now, obviously, if you've been given rehab that is catered to your specific condition, see the difficulty with this right now in such a short format is in order to know what rehab you should be doing, we kind of need to know what issue you're having. Um, and usually that requires some assessment. Um, now, in the course that, that we are building for patients, there's going to be some ways that you can, you know, do some assessment type stuff on your own to take a look at uh, what might be driving some of those symptoms and then give you some rehab strategies based on that. But um, the rule of thumb is essentially whatever does make you dizzy or feel off uh, visually is something that you should be doing more of. Right. So if you feel dizzy when you cross the street and you look side to side, that could be a neck issue, that could be a vestibular issue, it could be an ocular motor issue, but it doesn't matter what the issue is necessarily. All we know is that you feel dizzy when you move your head side to side. So guess what you should be trying to incorporate into your day as much as humanly possible is moving your head side to side. And you should try to do this frequently throughout the day, not just... Um, sit down and, and say, okay, now I'm going to do my rehab and I'm going to do my rehab in the morning and I'm going to do my rehab at night or whatever. You want to incorporate it throughout your day as much as possible. Um, and this is something that I've learned recently from a vestibular specialist by the name of Bernard Tonks. We used to give, uh, if you haven't taken his course yet, it's fantastic. Um, he's a Canadian uh, vestibular physiotherapist. He teaches a really excellent course on uh, vestibular physio, and I was uh, lucky enough to take part in it a few weeks back. But one thing I took from that is that we used to give patients rehabilitation exercises, and we would tell them to do you know three times a day, this many sets, this many reps, and we'd give them a very regimented process. And what he said is that, yep, that's how I used to do it too, and that's how most therapists still do it. But 
what he's found that's really exponentially increased his success is you know, not necessarily giving someone an exercise, not giving someone a fish, but teaching someone how to fish and how they can incorporate it into their daily life. So rather than saying, here's a sheet, I want you to do this particular exercise, you know, twice a day or three times a day this for this long, rather than that, he says, teach them how to do the exercise, teach them the concept of the exercise, and then have them do that as frequently as possible throughout their day. Because the way this works is what you're trying to do is integrate your central nervous system with all your different functions. Your ocular motor system, your vestibular system, and your neck and your proprioception, they all have to be kind of giving a consistent message and be on the same page for you to feel okay. Now, if there's a disconnect there and you go through your day kind of just avoiding symptoms, you know, monitoring your neck movement, you don't want to turn too fast because that makes you dizzy, so you just kind of go through your day cautiously. And then you sit down and you do your rehab where you're doing maybe some gaze stabilizations or some saccadic stuff or whatever it may be. If you do a burst of activity all at once, your central nervous system basically just sees that as an abnormality, right? So you get symptomatic, you drive your symptoms up and your central nervous system goes, whoa, that was weird. But it doesn't integrate it because then the rest of your day is base level normal and you're not actually provoking any of those symptoms. What you should rather do is Challenge your nervous system, 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 because then your nervous system starts to recognize that this is actually a normal thing, right? So rather than, you know, bookending your day with rehab, your, and your central nervous system seeing that as two abnormal blips in your day, the way to look at this is to do this as frequently as possible, maybe at a lower frequency but as frequent as possible throughout the day, and I mean as a, at a lower intensity, but at a higher frequency throughout the day, and then your central nervous system starts to see this now as this is what's normal, I need to learn to adapt to this. I need to learn how to integrate these sensations. So if you get dizzy with turning your head side to side, as you get up from the couch to go get something from the fridge, you should be turning your head side to side as you walk through your house. Is it gonna make you dizzy? Yeah. Is it gonna go away? Yeah, it's very temporary, right? And then as you walk back, do the same thing, side to side, okay? If you get dizzy, if you focus on an object and you turn your head side to side, but you keep your eyes focused right on that object, if that makes you feel dizzy after a couple minutes, you should be doing that throughout your day. Right, we went on a walk this morning and we were talking about it and I said like, yeah, like right now we're walking up, you can see a stop sign and we're walking up and I'm looking at the O and I'm just turning my head side to side as I'm doing it, right? These types of things and incorporating this more frequently throughout your day is a better strategy than just doing rehab specifically. But the rule of thumb is find out what makes you dizzy and try to do that frequently and make it a part of your day and your regular life because what you'll start to realize is after a while, that doesn't make you dizzy anymore. That is the road to recovery. Concussion rehab requires symptom provocation, so don't be afraid of symptoms. Don't overdo it, but feel that slight increase in symptoms. Take a break, and then five minutes later, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And eventually, you're gonna be able to get to 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and eventually, it just won't make you dizzy anymore, and that's really the goal, all right? Obviously, there's some things you cannot do Right? You're not gonna be able to go to anybody to get you know, manual treatment, you, know, you can't get acupuncture, you can't go see somebody for injections or these types of passive things. But much of concussion is active rehab. So there is a tremendous amount of things that you 
can do. So hopefully these strategies will help you in your recovery and I hope that all of you are staying safe, practicing your social distancing. It matters to the rest of us. The quicker that we can just get over this period of time and the more serious the people take this now, the faster that we can just get back on with our normal lives. I saw a quote today from San Dr. Sanjay Gupta uh, in the United States and he basically said that everyone should act as if they already have the virus. Act as if you already have it and just isolate yourself for at least 14 days. And what you'll start to see is a d dramatic decline in numbers and we can start returning to some sense of normalcy um, early on. You'll help my mental health too, okay? So do it. And again, if you are interested in accessing our patient course, like I said, it is not yet up and running, but if you want to be in the first group of people that is able to access this course, if you don't have access to a good concussion clinic in your area uh, and or your current clinic is, is shut down because of the coronavirus, send an email to info at completeconcussions.com and use the subject heading patient course and we will put you on a list of people to receive access to the first wave uh, when the course actually launches. Stay healthy, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.